0: This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track so let's dive in but last thing nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice so please seek the advice of your physician as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. guys, bring this thing over to me. Hey guys, and welcome back to the HA podcast. Exciting episode today because we have our co coach, Ashley Smith, rejoining us again. Hey, Ashley. Hey, hey. So we just finished up this mental hunger mastery workshop a couple of weeks ago now. And in the process of preparing for it, we had people submit essentially questions and thoughts and concerns that they have around hunger and ha so that we can kind of make sure that we hit on each of those areas and people just kind of we just really liked the questions and thought it would make a really good podcast so you know good business people know how to you maximize all of their content but um there were really good questions that were submitted. So we just kind of are going to go through them together and share with you guys our thoughts and let you sort of just pretend you're in the room, having a conversation with us about all these things.
1: Sounds yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that they actually have similar thoughts and questions. So we're really hoping that it um, eases their mind or answers uh,
0: their questions. Exactly. So for any of you who are new to the show, Ashley and I are both, We both work with people with HA, we coach them inside of the HA society, we take our clients, so I'm a coach, Ash is a coach, and together we bring you this episode. So let's just dive straight in. Question number one, how do I wrap my head around following my hunger cues if I'm scared of gaining weight and thus don't want to eat too much? because I no longer have a perception of what the right portion for me is. This is
1: my favorite. It's uh, complex and simple all at the same time. So we're gonna break this question down into the first part, into the second part. So I may need you to remind me after I answer the first part. Okay, so um, actually I'm gonna address the second part first. So we was talking about what is the portion size that's correct for me? So right there, I want us to see that this is, we are seeing a major disconnection from our body. Right now we are saying I need an external source, which is true to a degree to tell me how much I need to eat because I don't trust listening to my hunger cues. And underneath that layer is because i potentially believe that my body is not trustworthy. I cannot trust my body to tell me how much I need to eat because we are afraid of gaining weight. Now, I'm not saying that this fear is like, like, un, like I can't believe it's happening. Most of America has, you know, most women have have this fear But I want us to see that we are now making decisions based on fear and not based on healing, right? So if I was to make a food decision based on healing, then I would listen to my hunger cues and allow myself to eat to satiety rather than I need to know up front what my portion size is. So I want us to kind of think about from our dieting days, we would say, look, your body, you're going to eat this amount of food at this time, and you're going to feel satisfied. And so that's where the disconnection comes is when we started to tell our body, no, you will be full off of this amount of food because I need you to produce this result, which is weight loss. So a lot of this anxiety comes from us fighting our body. So I need you to
0: remind me of the first part of this question. Yeah, so how do I wrap my head around following my hunger cues if I'm scared of gaining weight? Right, so right there,
1: um, this is something that Danny and I talk about all the time that this is a season where we must give up dieting, right? Like we have got to eventually come to terms that I cannot diet my way through this. I need to enter this into a time of healing meaning that if we are worried about gaining weight that is always going to impact our portion size and our mindset and create mental hunger because we are constantly living in a mental restriction and a physical restriction so the first step to this is I'm going to be neutral towards gaining weight because I know that gaining weight is the only thing that's actually going to heal me. My body needs additional fat in order to turn back on my reproductive system. I cannot supplement my my way out of this. Yes, I do need to rest, but that's not the only thing. Yes, I can meditate, but but I cannot meditate, uh, supplement, or rest my way out of this. I have to be doing all three and it has to include gaining weight to some degree
0: yeah I am I guess not that surprised that I had was having this conversation just this morning with a client so shout out Julia if you're listening um we basically she was she's been experiencing lots of things like being extremely tired and um also feeling like, uh, extra hungry in the evenings and well, sorry, she's ex- experiencing intense hung, uh, intense tiredness. It's like these waves of exhaustion. And I asked her like, well, what do you think that it could be? And she thinks that, you know, it could be, I, w- when I have this snack in between my walk and my yoga session, I, I, I don't eat the whole thing and maybe I should eat the whole thing. And when I get to dinner time, it's, I'm I'm actually really quite hungry. And so I, I'm snacking while I'm eating, or so while I'm cooking. And so maybe I'm not eating enough during the day at this point. And it's like, wow. And then she's like, well, so what do you think? I'm like, well, it's so interesting that you, you basically just gave like a really good answer. So you have this knowledge inside of you. You can actually see these areas for opportunity. You're not like completely dumbfounded by the whole thing. Um, So what is it actually that's making you choose to continue questioning it instead of acting on it? And so we dove into that. It know we go into these or I think a lot of us go into these conversations thinking we're going to get an answer of oh yeah you should eat x amount yada yada but actually what we need to check in on is well you have the answer so why aren't you acting on it and this kind of comes to the hunger cue thing a lot because she knows that she's hungry you know she knows that um that there's opportunity for her to eat more and she's not she hasn't maximized every single one of those opportunities and, it, and in that moment, we were able to break it down to like, okay, it's a fear of weight gain. And what does, what does weight gain equal? Well, weight gain equals not being worthy, essentially, is like where we got to. And so my just uh, other perspective on this question of like, how do I wrap my head around following my hunger cues if I'm scared of gaining weight? Um, yeah, you're, you've kind of answered your own question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a lot of times we want a prescriptive method of like, okay, well, how do I like solve this? I need a formula to solve this when really it's pulling back layers of our core uh, lies about gaining weight. Right now we have a core lie that gaining weight is the worst thing possible. And it's going to be the death of me. I'm going to be so uncomfortable. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be me anymore. It's going to be all these things. While some of that, we definitely have to wrestle with how much truth is in there. Cause sometimes there is some truth in there. And sometimes we have to wrestle with actually the core truth is you're going to heal your body, right? So it's really fleshing out this core lie with truth in order to move forward in a particular situation like this. Right.
0: Exactly. I think that you'll, um, you'll just keep searching for the answer that you want to hear you know Uh, oh yeah you'll keep circling you'll
1: keep circling and not move any like you won't move forward you'll just be moving like side to side
0: but you're not gaining any ground yeah yes precisely i have a youtube video it'll be out by the time this episode airs so um I kind of going through like a bunch of things that are stresses that you don't realize are stresses. And one of them is like looking for an answer that basically tells you that you don't have to do a certain thing that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. So I um I put like a request out for um topics to do a video on the other day. And two of the questions were um, from the same person and they were, you know, is it possible for me to get, is it possible to have a healthy period at a low BMI? And is it, is it possible to get your period back if you don't without having to gain weight? You know, like the, the way the question is worded is almost like trying to get me to give you the answer that you want. And it's funny that that was the topic she wanted it to be, but instead, like the topic became <laughs> it became one of the answers to the topic that I ended up choosing, which was like looking for and looking for answers to that you want to hear constantly is actually more stressful and holding you back more so than if you just said, okay, I'm just gonna go with what everyone. With what the majority of people are saying they can see is working for me. And for some reason, people with an external view of your situation, because some can often see it more clearly than you can. So if everyone's telling you, well, you, you probably are actually ignoring your hunger cues and you just have these stories around why you have them, then that's probably true.
1: Oh yeah, Um, an objective point of view is priceless. Like it really, and and I think even in HA recovery, it's because like what the like answer that you're searching for is validation that you are the unicorn. And unfortunately that's not going to help you move forward in healing, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, and it can cause a lot of stress because especially when you're not a unicorn, Striving to be the unicorn in this situation is a lot of work with no payoff. Yes, I like and that. that. It's very frustrating and mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting, uh, which then in, impacts us physically. So, so we can spend all this time trying to be a unicorn in the H A world um, and spin our wheels. And even to the point, I do think that's helpful because then you do get to the point where you're so tired that you just finally are like, oh, I'm going to do the thing. You know what I mean? So it, it, it serves a purpose, but it's going to be painful <laughs> mentally <laughs> during yeah. that time. Yeah, it
0: is. And I have compassion for people who really feel like they have tried everything and maybe they actually are a unicorn. Um, but I could tell you, it's probably more just a blind spot, just like a really big blind spot. That you still have and those are really hard to find without an objective than a party mm-hmm. person yeah okay another question um I'm trying to pick <clears throat> it, it was kind of like a statement but listening to hunger but having to eat a minimum and then leading to overeating sorry doorbell
1: uh, I, don't
0: know, I don't know what this means you know what this means read it one more time I do think there's something in there listening to hunger but having to eat a minimum and then leading to overeating so yes
1: meaning that I'm listening to my hunger cues but I but I'm still forcing myself to eat the minimum and therefore I feel like I'm overeating Mm -hmm. Um, so if that is correct then I do get where this is coming from so right now overeating is going to Feel like anything above dieting. That is just our current perception. If it is a portion size bigger than how, so think about how long people have been dieting, right, or just been mindful of their portion size, right? It's probably more than a year. Um, If you are that chupacabra who has not been dieting in like (laughs) the world, then I want to meet you because I want to just kind of hang out. You know what I mean? But more than likely, all of our portion size have been skewed to fit a dieting mold or close to a dieting mold. Therefore, now, whenever we need to eat to nourishment, it is always going to feel like overeating because it's more than dieting and because dieting has become our norm. So again, I think if we accept, hey, my filter is skewed because it has been trained to diet Consciously and subconsciously, Um, it allows us to, because think about even overeating tends to have this bad vibe about it. Like I can't believe I'm overeating. Right. And the only reason why we have this vibe about overeating is because then then I'll gain weight and then I'll be blank, blank, and blank. So that's where the people really need to fill that out. If I overeat and I gain weight, then blank. Right. That's the fear. So basically right now I would encourage that person to reframe mean I am eating portion sizes that lead to over uh, that lead to healing, they may feel like overeating, but it is just simply because I'm exiting the
0: diet cycle. Yeah, I don't think you can um, really expect to go into recovery from a diet cycle and not feel like you're eating in some kind of wild excess if you don't feel that way you're probably not eating enough so it, it's for most people it's going to feel a bit jarring and and totally counterintuitive and so it makes sense that you're going to feel uncomfortable and that you're going to feel you know you're going to place negative labels on it like I'm overeating or I'm binging and that was something that Ashley really talked a lot about in the workshop that we did do which was like a lot of us are saying we have we're binging but actually we're probably just eating a lot more than we were before. And even if some people are like, even if you are going absolutely ham on some stuff, you know, and having like, I don't know, like three pieces of cake or something that I think we can all say is like objectively a lot of cake, um, it's a, like a temporary thing that's happening because you're coming out of a diet cycle. And you just can't expect to go from being stuck in this like diet space for a really long time to just eating perfectly normally. You kind of have to go through this like this stage where suddenly your your brain is like, what, "What? What? We have unlimited access to food now. Oh my god, I'm gonna capitalize on this because what if it's temporary?" And you have to let it get used to the fact that it's no longer. It's not temporary. get to eat food now when you want it and and it will start to become normal and you know I resonate a lot with this person actually because I often feel like wow I ate a lot today and then I have to sit there and think about like well what does that mean why do I think that is that even true it's actually often not true if any of you side rent if any of you uh, feel that way all the time I get my, I get a journal out sometimes and I write down the things that I ate, um, just to show myself, like you're allowing your brain to tell you this, but you actually have the evidence to show that you're just eating a normal amount of food.
1: Yeah. And I think that w- if, if I was to create a toolbox for somebody entering, um, HA recovery, it would be to acknowledge that you are functioning with a skewed mindset and filter when it comes to food and your body simply because you've been undernourished. and science shows that your brain has changed. You know what I mean? So if I can walk into this situation, accepting that truth, then that means that I could be mindful of all these thoughts and be like, but is that true? Is that what's really happening? Um, And I think that's kind of one of the biggest works that we do as a coach is to bring that back of, do you think that your mindset is accurate right now? Like, do you think that you um, are truly functioning in reality or do you think that it's been skewed for multiple reasons?
0: Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the ha forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off? Or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. So hey, me a long, uncomfortable pause because I've muted myself started talking um okay next one Mm -hmm. how do i regain my appetite and hunger
1: yes so that is something that i want us to realize that um during ha recovery intuitive eating um it's great to start intuitive eating but it for some may not be possible to fully only use that as a, well, I don't feel hunger because right now our hunger cues have been impaired for so long. So I probably wouldn't use an an impaired signal to help me recover. Just like I probably wouldn't use a a broken car to help me get somewhere. Right. Um, And so I really think that it means just taking care of it. Meaning that I need to retrain it. So this means that whether I'm hungry or not, I am going to wake up and I'm going to eat breakfast uh, within an hour, right? Because um, at some point, it may be one or two years down the road. And so again, I think sometimes we think that, oh, I've done this for five days. How come this hasn't happened by week two, right? So if then by two years down the road, you have already passed recovering your period, you've, you're, You are working on maintaining and just living life. And then all of a sudden your hunger cues start coming back up. It may take that long, but it is being committed to taking what we know and moving forward and acknowledging what we feel. Meaning I acknowledge that I do not feel hungry, but I know that I need to eat in order to break this fast from sleeping. And I know I need um, a balanced meal for my blood sugar levels. So I may not feel like it, but there's a lot of things in life that we have to do that we don't feel like it. So I think by um, leaving this area of our life up to our feelings is very wonky and is strongly what got us into HA.
0: Love your work. <laughs> okay. At some point, all of these questions are going to end up, I guess, with the uh, the same answer, but Let's see. It happens. <laughs> it does. Um. Well, okay. So what you just said, this one piggyback, piggybacks off it. So for the days that I have no appetite or low hunger cues, how do I go about eating? So I don't know tac- tangibly, tactically, what do I do? Um. I think that so one
1: practical thing that you can walk away with is, do I have a fat protein and carb on my plate. Like I, like that is just the first checklist. Like, I mean, like there is literally no hormones are happy without that. So it is literally one of these things like you, like no one gets to skip this and have happy hormones. You're not a unicorn. No one's been the unicorn in this. Like this isn't happening. Um, the next thing would be, okay. I naturally served myself. I, I, I'm going to now use what I know and add a serving to each thing, uh, like a half a serving. So now I have one and a half servings, right? So you've gone ahead and already dished up what you think is great. Now I need you to just put another half serving of each of the things on there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like This is just a way of not losing our mind and making sure that we're eating more. The other thing that I would make sure is get rid of all the volume foods. You are, again, there's very few, but not many people are gonna be able to eat whole foods and and crush this much um, food in order to recover, right? Because we tend to need to go into a surplus in order to kickstart things and then it kind of dwindles down past that. But also I would really lay off any diet foods. And so we do have something coming out eventually in 2022 about, are you secretly still dieting by adding certain diet foods? Like this could be a fiber wrap. We don't need a fiber wrap if, if you are trying to gain weight and in, in order to restore your cycle. So really taking those things out and allowing more calorie dense things. So that doesn't mean junk food, but it doesn't not mean it either. So, Yeah.
0: yeah. I'll chuck some tools at you guys. So you mentioned the thing that we're we're going to do in 2022 about this, but we also have a podcast episode that will be out already, uh, December 15th, episode 80. Ashley and I talk about this exact thing of like eating more food doesn't necessarily mean you're eating enough. The episode is called, is eating enough enough? (laughs) I really love it. (laughs) And also, um, so I've, do, I've done an updated seven-day recover, HA recovery challenge. And in that one, on the very first day, I go through some nutrition fundamentals with exactly what Ashley just said, which is like, okay, let's use the palm method to build our plate here and then add some, right? So anyone who's heard about the palm method, it's like a palm size of protein, a fist size of carbs, two thumbs of fat, like whatever it is, Um Let's take that principle and add extra because that principle is to help people like maintain weight and to eat for just like longevity. But we're here trying to uh, eat to rebuild something that's undernourished and needs additional food. So yeah, the, the palm fist thumb method, that plus an extra half a serve minimum, you know, of each of those things. And yeah, building your plate, protein, carbs, fat, you just do that every day regardless of what your hunger cues are saying I think like that question of what do I how do I eat if I'm not hungry well unfortunately you eat and hopefully it will come it will um you know pick back up as soon as it can but yeah Um,
1: absolutely and so it is like retraining and think about like you should be hungry every like three hours, two to three hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you should have this little internal clock that goes, oh, but most of the time, um, we tend to think that that's going to derail us. Therefore I can't possibly do that.
0: (laughs) Nice. I also have a bit of a cough <laughs> my child has brought from daycare. Um, and so I have to mute myself to cough and survive. Okay. Um, how much time do we have? Can we bust out another one, bust out another one. Yeah. We have a call after this. I'm going to make a coffee on my new espresso machine. Um, oh my gosh, lucky last. Who's it going to be?
1: Yeah. And also not drinking coffee throughout the day. I know that's kind of a basic, but not saying that Danny, you know what I mean? But do as I
0: say, not as I do. Like, dude, dude, yesterday I accidentally, and I say accidentally because it's been a really long time since I made coffee professionally. It was beautiful. Yeah. But I accidentally made myself three double shot espressos. (laughs) And like, I forgot that I, like I used to split my shots and I was not split. Like, and so I woke up at just before midnight. I did go to sleep at like 8.30, but woke up just before midnight because my baby made like one sound, you know, when they make this one sound, but then they go back to sleep. But you you think that they're going to wake up soon. So you can't go back to sleep. So that happened. And then I just stayed awake till about 3.30 a.m.
1: horrible and so we're going to use it as a teachable moment meaning that okay so she did this one time it's not going to derail her now that she is like postpartum and like recovering and stuff like that but when this is a lifestyle when this is a lifestyle right when this is something that you're like I just love coffee and it's all day so that's a I'm actually glad that we brought this up because think about coffee winds up suppressing your appetite. And so if you're drinking coffee all day, what you're doing is training your body to be suppressed, like your appetite to be suppressed all day. Right. So then like we get to this place of wondering, Oh, why do I not have hunger cues? Well, we've done all these behavioral things to train our body. And so that's just a great, um, moment of there's potentially a lot more things that we have done that, that, that have trained our body to not have hunger cues and therefore we are able to go in the opposite direction.
0: Oh yeah. No, definitely. And um yeah, I uh, just don't have period right now cuz I'm postpartum and I'm absolutely letting it letting myself slip back into like well I can have a coffee because there's no there's no physical evidence to show <laughs> to me that there's a problem, but I know when I sneak a third espresso shot into my day that things aren't, like, I'm not stupid. I'm just making a stupid choice. Um, but yeah, no, don't do that. Mm-mm. Especially when you're underfed. And if you have uh, been trying for a long time and like, just give quitting coffee a go. Yeah, totally. it'll help with your, just give it a red hot go. I know it's hard if you love it as much as me, trust me. I had to do black tea for like three months instead of having coffee and that was a really hard time for me so if I can you can um all right ready last one. Oh, mm. oh they're so good though how do we prioritize recovery without it getting in the way of our daily lives and activities how do we know when we should eat especially when we have anxiety
1: around it? yeah so how do we prioritize read that again that's so good these are like
0: meaty questions. Yeah, I know. They're they're, yeah. really they're great. They're great. We could do like emails or we could, we could do um, Instagram captions and answer them or something like that. Oh yeah. Okay. How do we prioritize recovery without it getting in the way of our daily lives and activities? Okay. Pause. How do we, okay.
1: So how do we, re- so one of the things is I want us to realize that we tend to assume that it's going to take up our entire life only because dieting has taken up our entire life. Therefore, we assume that going in the opposite direction um, is going to take up that much time. Um, And I would actually um, argue that the act of recovering is not what's taking up time. Like adding an extra egg is not what's taking up time. Grabbing a snack in your bag and eating it is not taking, taking up more time. Having two slices of bread instead of one or simply having bread instead of a fiber wrap is not taking up more time. What is taking up more time is the mental hangup that we have about gaining weight. So again, this circles back to what do you believe about gaining weight? Are you willing to say, at this moment. So I had like this breakdown moment while I was recovering. And the biggest thing was nothing was going to heal me unless I gained fat. Fat was going to be the thing that healed me. And so I wasn't like joyous over it. Right. No, take my eyes, but don't make me gain weight. Take anything you want. Um, but Once we accept that fat in this situation is healing, then we can move forward and eat that extra piece of toast. We can move forward and eat that extra egg. We can do all these things. We can do it. doesn't mean that we're pumped about it, but it does mean that I'm moving forward and and I'm spending less time in that stuck phase, right? So I would actually say that more importantly, it is your mental hang-up that is eating up your day not the act of recovering
0: yeah yes oh we say this all the time right the act of doing what you need to do to get your peer back is really quite easy yes it's just the mental hang-ups that are like in your way
1: constantly which is almost like the slap in the face because it is so easy um, on paper, but it is the mental hangup. And that's why Danny and I are passionate of (laughs) what we do because, um, the science is still the
0: same. Yeah. I remember when I was doing my, when I was doing my, um, my fertility awareness mentorship, I was the only one in the group who worked specifically with people with AJ. So I was like the only one in the group who did period coaching for people without periods. And so, it was, it was really cool uh, to be on that like interesting perspective, but I would have other people in the class confused. It's just like, <laughs> they're typically older as well. So like they they didn't have the exact issue. They were like 40s, 50s, 60s um, midwives and stuff like that. But they were just like, well, why, why don't they just eat? Why don't they just do it? <laughs> Yeah, I listened to um a
1: podcast and this um I think she was a fertility awareness um instructor and I remember on her podcast she was just like I just don't get why anybody would undereat and I'm like yeah that's I mean yeah I mean I totally see your point but that's the whole hang up is that there's many of people who've been who have been stuck in the cycle of undereating for multiple reasons—worth, identity, body, job, they false confidence, blah blah blah. Right? So there's all these things, right? And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> that's that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Let's do one rapid one, and then you D- and then go make snacks um okay one rapid one how do i stop thinking about food or mentally planning my whole day of eating yes that's so good
1: um i think in the beginning so this is like any other skill that you've had to learn i think it's um unrealistic to think that in the beginning it is going to take some time just like you were willing to dedicate time to dieting and learning and doing all these things. Are you willing to dedicate time to um, not dieting, right? Um, I think this kind of reflects the fact that if it doesn't produce weight loss then it's not worth my time, right? And so I think that mentality t- it is, is creeping up. So that's a diet mentality that is creeping into your recovery season of life. And so therefore, I think we do need to come to terms that in the beginning, we, it is gonna take us sitting down, possibly working with a coach, taking pictures of your food so I could see what you're doing and and then give you simple feedback like, hey, add this, add this, add this, add this, add this. And so that will take time and it will take practice remembering to bring a snack with you. It will take some adjusting in your schedule of getting ready for work by making breakfast. You know what I mean? So but I want us to pause and think like, is this time that I'm spending on my health? Is that time not well spent? And is it not an investment to sustainable hormonal health bazillions of years down the road? Okay. That's an an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Until you hit menopause and then we still got to take care of ourselves. Long story short, this is time invested. Again, the time, I don't think you have a problem with that. I think the issue is, I hate how much time is being taken up mentally to navigate this. Um, so I think that's the heart of the question. Um, and that's real. So, one of the things is, have you come to terms with weight gain?
0: Unfortunately, I think all the questions linked back to that. that yeah, that's what I mean. But it's difficult. It is good. All right. We- how do I stop thinking about food or mentally planning my whole day of eating? I mean, yeah. Like in short, you just stop doing it. Right. Like there's no, there's no special trick to get you to like, I can't, we can't tell you to tie your hands behind your back and like not plan food and play music really loud so that your brain doesn't think about anything. Like that's not, you know, obviously not the answer that you're looking for what, what you want is to like release yourself of the reason that you think you need to be planning your food and stuff and yeah it here's your homework see what happens when you spontaneously eat like let it get to lunchtime just like let yourself get to lunchtime and figure it out
1: at that yeah. point point. And so, and so for some practical tips this can be um committing to going out with a friend and ordering Something that you would never have ordered before and making no adjustments to that thing. Oh, yeah, no adjustments. No adjustments. This can be letting your husband cook dinner and you just show up to eat, right? So these are all practical things, but I know that that's not going to meet the root cause. right what what you want is re- like to
0: experience less. but it can it can help you get oh yeah every time you do it you realize it wasn't that bad and you gained something from it you gained this freedom this liberation and it allows you to finally start seeing the sexy part of letting a, obsessive food planning go
1: and so yeah can and let it go you know you're trying to go or it could be okay i'm not gonna bring any snacks with me but when I'm hungry or if it's been three hours, I'm going to commit to stopping somewhere and eating. And so if that means, and it may not be a balanced meal, but at this point, like it's orders of priority, right? You just need to eat. Like that's the priority right now. So what does it mean to, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a smoothie. I'm going to ask for protein powder in it. I'm going to ask for all the things in it. And I'm just going to have that and I'm going to be okay. Right. So I think that there is practical tips to doing that. Um, this could be letting your friend order for you. This could be uh, family dinners, like right? you just show up to dinner and a family member's made it. So yeah, yeah, very practical tips. And so we, we should do something about that where it's absolutely practical takeaways, knowing that you're gonna need both the mental and the practical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah awesome well this was fun thanks ash Um, absolutely all right guys come hang out with us ashley on instagram ashley underscore marie underscore smith underscore (laughs) and i am try being named ashley smith see how that works (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) good luck all All right right. we'll see all you guys later bye Bye. hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option so many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100 percent after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years so temp drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it it's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place, and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction. TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to... Tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety Society. I think, too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHASociety Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything You know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending grassland nutrition beef liver capsules for years now. And the Capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp. Because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones so rather than eat seaweed snacks every day i get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine so if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver get 10 percent off your order with the ha society and support your favorite podcast along the way They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use H.A. Society, just H.A. Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code H.A. Society.